Welcome to my blog post titled Negotiation. Personally, I love to negotiate. My wife Kathy says I negotiate all the time. All our children are negotiators too. I enjoy negotiating because I see it as an opportunity to steward the resources God has blessed me with. I also see where I can form and build new relationships and be a witness in the marketplace. In the Bible, we read of different negotiations that happened. In Genesis chapter 30 and 31, Jacob negotiated with Laban for his wages for years worked. In Genesis chapter 18, verses 16 to 32, we read of Abraham interceding on behalf of the city of Sodom for God not to destroy them. And in Exodus chapter 32, verses 9 to 14, we see Moses pleading with God to have mercy on the Israelites. Though these examples don't give us a solid playbook on how to negotiate, as a Christian, I believe we are called to a higher level, and how we negotiate is important. I'd like to share with you three key negotiating tools that I've used over decades of doing business and are fundamental to my approach. Number one, spending time in their shoes. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 reads, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Start with this. Take time to truly look at this situation from the perspective of the person you are negotiating with. Try to understand their motives. What are they hoping to get out of this transaction? What concerns them? What do you know about them? What don't you know? Typically, people focus on their own perspective and what they want to get out of it. But I've found this often results in hard, difficult, and challenging conversations. By understanding what they are negotiating for, I then try to provide most of what they are looking for. When you factor in their motivations and goals, you connect with them better. I try to take an approach where at the end of the day, the party on the other side of the table likes me, not necessarily loves me, but a shared appreciation provides the best environment for the transaction. Your understanding of a person is a natural way for them to like you. If you are viewed as fair and considerate, you get a successful, mutually beneficial deal. I know this is not a new concept, but in my experience, this is one key rule that has made the biggest difference. Seeing things from their point of view and think through all the different angles that they are likely to come at it gives me a lot of insight. My second negotiation tool. I look for a win-win. I've always had a win-win philosophy in life and business. In all negotiations and deals I do, I try to look for the win-win scenario. I like being in transactions where both parties are winning. And if not, both parties are losing and are working hard to get back to winning. I avoid situations where somebody's winning and somebody's losing, even if I'm the winning guy, because there is no longevity in that. Psalms chapter 112 verse 5 encourages us to take the same approach. It reads, Goodwill comes to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. As you determine the win-win, it's also important that you define clearly all the things you want out of a negotiation. What do you hope to achieve? Break it down. Make a list and then look at the priorities. Make sure you are clear on where you are and how you're going to win at the end of the day. To the best of your ability, identify the negatives because there will inevitably be some. Knowing up front gives you the opportunity to mitigate some of them. There is a part during negotiation where I am looking to educate the person I'm negotiating with to make sure they see all the points of the deal and ensure the transaction is a success. Through the process, you will be able to determine if they feel good about the negotiation. It may take a while, but if they understand and appreciate where you are, they may be more willing to see it through. And the third negotiation tool, the ball is always in your court. 
Generally, the world teaches that if you've done your part, the ball is in the other person's court and you don't have to think about it until they hit it back to you. I believe, however, if I want the task finished well and timely, then the ball is always in my court. I don't send anything out that I don't add to my follow-up system. There is no ball in somebody else's court. It is in mine until it's done. To support this, I set up a follow-up system that has served me well. Once we agree on a date or goal, you will receive a reminder from me. Everyone that works for me knows this too. The ball is always in their court, and they have to subscribe to this. And those are my top three negotiating tools. Spend time in their shoes, look for the win-win, and the ball is always in your court. It is by no means exhaustive, but I have found that focusing on these key areas has always led me to a better negotiating deal. Here's a few takeaways for you. At the end of this podcast, you can listen to some additional tools on negotiating that I have found to be useful. Alternatively, you can download them in the handout section, and the document is titled Tools of Negotiation. If you're currently in a negotiation, do an audit and gauge your position. Do you have a good understanding of their goals and motivations? Have you clearly defined your priorities? Have you set up a reminder system? As you begin to follow my blog and pursue opportunity for growth, it's helpful to do an assessment on various topics of life. If you haven't already, I encourage you to go to my blog online and take the Current Conditions Assessment. I believe it would be helpful to take this assessment annually and revisit how you are growing in faith and in life. I will now continue on with my handout called Tools of Negotiation. This handout includes six more areas that I focus on in negotiation. 1. Understanding. Be sure you understand what you're negotiating and model out different scenarios so it's clear what you can give and what you can't. 2. Trade. If there is something that is critical to you, offer to trade it for something that might be important to them. If there is something you just can't give on and you are 100% clear, make that known and offer to give up something else in exchange. 3. Best offer. Don't take the position that this is your best and final offer unless it truly is. You can say, I stretched farther than I anticipated or I have worked hard to make this attractive to you. But don't take a position that you know you will retract from. There are other ways to take a strong position that doesn't back you in a corner or doesn't make you look like you are not being sincere in the negotiations. 4. My goal. My goal is always to have the other party feel good about the negotiation and the outcome, but also get what I need. Bottom line, if you want a positive outcome, don't let emotions get in the way. 5. Decision Maker. Even if you are the final decision maker, sometimes it is helpful to indicate that you need to run your offer or these terms by my partner or run it by someone else. It doesn't hurt to have someone else on your side be the bad guy in the negotiations. And six, fully understand. Take the time to fully understand what you are negotiating and don't hesitate to ask for some time to consider someone's counteroffer. Be sure you understand all the ramifications of any counteroffer and or change. One of our values is good information is shared with a friend. Please take the time to think of your friends who might benefit from this blog. You can introduce the blog to them by sharing the post or by sharing this podcast by clicking the share link on the top right corner of the audio link. You can download a copy of this document in the handout section titled Tools of Negotiation. I hope these tools will be useful to you in your next negotiation. Thanks for listening.